Hola, soy Lola. No puedo contestar tu llamada. Hoy voy a luchar contra la máscara vengadora. Eh, si gano, usaré el dinero para pagar por nuestro plan familiar de datos. Claro, pesa 300 libras, pero una vez tomé una clase de karate. Quizá ya es hora de un switch. ¿Atrapado en un mal plan familiar? Haz el switch al mejor plan familiar de Boost y obtén cuatro líneas cada una con gigas sin límite por solo 100 dólares al mes. Metro PCS solo te da dos gigas por línea por el mismo precio. Cuatro líneas cada una con gigas sin límite por solo 100 dólares al mes. Es fácil hacer el switch y más fácil ahorrar con Boost. Blog Talk Radio. Happy Father's Day. This is a Father's Day edition of The Word with G here on blogtalkradio.com, WRSP Radio, and WRSP Sports. I'm your host, Greg Leonard. So you sit back, relax, and listen, and I'll explain. Like I said, it's a Father's Day edition of The Word with G here. And I thought it would be kind of cool to have my own dad come on here and, you know, shine the spotlight on him a little bit. I'll go over some you know, some Mets stuff, some stuff that's going on with the Mets right now, maybe take a trip down memory lane a little bit. The 69, 86, of course, those were only two world championship years. Talk about how he became a Mets fan, why he made me a Mets fan. And then we'll take a trip down memory lane just talking about how I got into sports and, and coaching and all that stuff and, and growing up, what I was like. I'm sure he'll share some embarrassing stories, some funny stories. We'll have some good conversation. We'll see how it goes. But just to start off, we'll talk a little bit about the New York Mets. They got a big victory today and uh, against the Washington Nationals. They salvaged the finale before they head out on their West Coast trip. Jacob DeGrom was masterful today, and he had to be because that's what your ace is supposed to do, supposed to stop losing streaks. And that's exactly what he did here on a Sunday, a Father's Day today. And the offense came alive a little bit. No, Jonas Espinus in the lineup, but he's been red hot. Other guys stepped up. TJ Rivera, I believe, had his second or his third uh, career four-hit day. So that was exciting. That was fun. And that's my man right there. I love TJ Rivera. He's, uh, he, he's been very, very good. Uh, the kid's just a hitter. He, he, just, he just hits. So without further ado, let me bring in my dad and just uh, say happy Father's Day. How's it going, Dad? Thank you, man. Good. Happy fa- Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Oh, no, no. I'm not happy a father Father's just Day yet. You can't dad. be saying happy Father's yeah. Day to me. Right. Yeah. Well, well you know, this is a special. Fathers that are out there. Yeah, exactly. Happy Father's Day to everybody listening today. And again, we are on blogtalkradio.com, WRSP Radio, WRSP Sports. And it, it must be a, a weird Father's Day for you because you're by yourself. You, nobody's around. You know, you, you're not with mom. You're not with, you know, I'm, I'm not there. Grant's out in Ocean City. Erica's in, in Ohio. It must be kind of a, a weird uh, Father's Day for you. It's very strange. I mean, you know, we do, you know, growing up, we did everything as family. And uh, whether it was Father's Day or Mother Day, Mother's Day or all the holidays, we shared them all together. And it's just, um, you know, we're just kind of all transitioning in our um, different chapters of life, you know, as things pass on, you know. It's just, um, it's one of those things that, you know, you think back on all the great Father's Days we've had and the things we've shared and, going to the ballpark, you know, like we did last year with everybody was awesome. You know, those are the things that you think about, you know, now, and um, it's just strange, but um, you know, I, that's what I kind of did today was reminisce about some of those uh, memories that we shared, you know, growing up and um, it's all good. You know, it's all good. Yep. And uh, you know, it's, it's very rare when we're all able to get in the same place at the same time nowadays. So, you know, I just wanted to, do that for you here on the word with G we have a special three special guests on the line right now and uh, they wanted to say something to you hi babe hey 
just wanted to wish you a happy Father's Day again on the air. You're an amazing husband and amazing father. Oh, that's awesome. That's a very nice surprise. I didn't expect you on. So this is very nice. Love you, babe. Love you, too. Erica, that's your cue. Oh, I didn't know. <laughs> Hi, Erica, Dad. Happy Father's Hi. Day. Thank you. That's awesome, yo. <laughs> I never expected Mom to be on, and I certainly didn't expect you to be on. This is great. What I know, surprise. right? Well, happy Father's Day. Miss you. Thank you. Miss you, too. I love you, all you guys. Go ahead, Let's Grant. see who else could be on the phone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Grant. And happy Father's Day, big guy. Hey, Grant. Love you. Thank you, sir. Had a good time today without us, hopefully. Um, well, it was kind of quiet. Yeah, I bet. Um, wish we could have gone to the ball game today, but yep. I guess we'll take the win anyway. That's right. That's right. And That's do you it. guys remember the, uh, the game we went to uh, in 2006? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. Where were yeah, we sitting? One. We were sitting way in the back under like the overhang and and we were like we had our backs up against the wall. Yep. Oh, no, I do remember that. Maybe. <laughs> do you remember do you remember who pitched that day, Dad? I do not. Oh, Grant? <laughs> no. It was Tom Glavin pitched on Father's Day. Got a tenth win oh. on Father's Day. Wow! Look at that. I'm surprised you didn't ask Erica. I know. I would have known. Well, that. that's that's a given. I mean, if if it were a Packer <laughs> question, maybe I would have asked her. <laughs> True. I don't. I couldn't even tell you but, who pitched um, last year when we went to the game. <laughs> Yeah, I, I honestly I don't know if I remember who pitched in that game. It may have been uh yeah, I don't know. But that one that one just kinda of sticks out for me in two thousand six when they won. Maybe I know they played the Braves last year when we went and I know Andy Grammer performed afterwards, but That's right. I don't yeah. really remember who pitched. And I remember I Grant know. yelled at some obnoxious lady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There was some Braves fan sitting uh in front of us. That's right. Those are good times. Did you play cornhole for for old times by yourself? I did not. <laughs> I'm sure you won. On my Mets cornhole ball, yeah. If I did, I would have won. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it's uh, th- thank you guys for uh, for jumping on and and saying a quick hello and and, and a happy Father's Day because uh, and I'm sure Dad appreciates that and uh, wanted to just surprise you here and, and have the whole family on to, to say a quick hello since we, uh, so you know, we're we on all different spots for the first time ever on Father's Day, so I thought it would be kind of cool. Very good. Well, I appreciate that, Jimmy. Yeah. Yeah. Good idea, Gregory. Good idea. Yeah. All right. Have a good night, everybody. You too. Right. Happy Father's Day. Yeah, thanks for jumping on. Thank you. Have Bye. a good show. Thank you, guys. Love you all. All right. Love you. Love you. Bye. All right. Bye. See you guys. So there you go. That is the Larnard family here on The Word with G. We've got Mom, Erica, and Grant. And somebody didn't hang up, so I'll hang up for them. Um, but, yeah, that was, uh, you know, that was a cool Father's Day um, back, in, uh, back in the day in, in 2006. And, and, even, and even last year, you know, that was, uh, that was a lot of fun. It was, it was the, you know, five of us plus Erica's boyfriend, Dylan, and uh, my roommate, Jake, and, and one of my coworkers stopped by, and we grilled, played some, played some cornhole out in the parking lot. It was, uh, it was fun. I mean, we, we didn't get the desired result that we wanted like we did in 2006, but still a good time. It was a great time. That's right. So speaking of the Mets, we'll stay right there. And, I, and you and I, I mean, the, the phone conversations we have, we could do like a, a Mets show by ourselves, basically, whether we're sitting around watching a game or, you know, we're, we're talking about it on the phone. Um, you know, the, there's a lot of different things that, you know, 
we talk about when it comes to the game of baseball, especially because I think that's the one where we kind of bond the most over because, you know, that's the one you were, I, I think you were kind of most into was baseball uh, is the Mets. Uh, is that correct? Or, or were you maybe a bigger Mets fan or a Knicks fan? No, I mean, I watched, you know, I was, a, I was really pretty much a Knicks fan and a, a Mets fan growing up. Um, those were my, really my two sports. And, you know, of course I rooted for the LA Rams just because I thought the helmets were cool when I was, I don't know, seven, eight, nine years old, something like that. Um, yeah, I was I was basically a Mets fan. I started being a Mets fan, I think, when I was – I think it was 1967 because everybody in my family were Yankees fans, and they were always winning, and I was tired of it. And I'm like, you know what? I'm rooting for the underdog. I'm rooting for the Mets. And they had – you know, they were they were the lovable losers back then. Um, they didn't put together a, a lot of wins, but they were, you know, a team that you could root for. And um, – you know, whether it was Casey Stengel or Yogi Berra um, coaching those teams, you know, it was it was fun to watch, and it was um, it was an evolution, you know, and it was um, I just wanted to be part of it, and I didn't want to be with you know the status quo, and everybody was everybody was Yankee fans, you know, just because they always won, and you know I'm rooting for the underdogs, the teams that are going to try hard, and um, that kind of typifies my career, honestly. <laughs> you look at my life; it's kind of rooting for the underdog. The underdog was me a lot of times, but um, it was uh, it was that's how I became a Mets fan. Probably nineteen sixty seven, two years before they actually won the World Series. Yeah, and um, you know, I guess that's kind of where Grant gets it a little bit because he was kind of that rebel growing up, where you and I always were, you know, big Mets fans. And and when he was a kid, he was he was that little that little rebel where he was he was a Yankee fan for a couple of years there, where you know he didn't really care for baseball, but you know, he wanted to root for something different than what you and I rooted for. Exactly. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that was, that was kind of a funny time. And um, uh, John Burns, you know, Brian and Matt Burns, his dad just commented on my video and says, raising your kid as a Met fan is considered child abuse in 27 states. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Oh, uh, be. Big John Burns always with the human humor, and um, so yeah. Why why did why did you end up making me a Met fan? And and you know where did you know how did that come out? How how did that come about? Me kind of getting into into the Mets was it just kind of you taking me to a game? Because obviously you know I was very young at the time. I don't really remember. Don't really recall what uh, what, what kind of got me into baseball and into being a Met fan like you were. Yeah, I mean, really, you know, when we think back on those early days, Gregory, when you were four or five years old, I mean, it was, you know, we would get up early and share um, watching ESPN highlights early in the morning before I went to work, and you were always there, you know, we always tuned in together watching those um, shows and things like that, and the same thing with, um, you know, WFAN, you know, when they first, the, the when they launched their station back then, you know, you listened to it from pretty much day one. And it was, you know, it was always a, a Met uh, angle to the station. They were always big Met supporters. And, you know, I think it was, you know, I've always watched the Met games and not that I forced you to become a Met fan. It was just by osmosis, I guess, you know, you just kind of, it's kind of what you watch because I was watching it and you grew to like the team, you grew to like the players. And um, I think their work ethic, um, even though they didn't work, you know, they didn't, put together a lot of wins even back then. Um, you know, it was kind of the run for the underdog team and, you know, that kind of thing that kind of drove you to the Mets. Yeah, again, we're talking with my dad here, Ray Larnard, here on The Word with G, a special Father's Day edition uh, on WRSB Radio and blogtalkradio.com. And now you, you would mention, which was kind of interesting, that you just mentioned that where, you know, the Mets were kind of the always the underdog and, and that's kind of how your career has gone, you know, working-wise, professional career and things like that. And it's kind of funny because, you know, a couple of weeks ago I actually was just thinking the same thing and I, I had the thought that, you know, is there a correlation between the teams we root for and how our life goes? Do you think there's there's a correlation there? Because – I mean, I, you know, if you root for the Yankees in the 90s, are you automatically a successful person? I, I don't know. Are you <laughs> just a confident that. person? 
I think it makes you work harder, you know, um, to strive for success, you know, and it helps you deal with, because, you know, there's a lot of defeats in our lives, you know, and even playing baseball, you know, two out of three times, you know, you're going to actually fail, you know, um, and it's learning how to deal with those failures. Um, and I think it, a lot of times, you know, it was, and you know this, when, when I was coaching, um, I was always tough on you as a player because I wanted to set the example for the team that I was never going to favor anybody. Um, but I think um, when you when you do those things, you know, you try to develop um, players and young individuals that are learning the game of baseball the right way, that it's not just all about the wins and losses. It's about working together as a team, supporting each other, um, you know, and, you know, there was, there was times back then, too, where we didn't win a lot of games when we were coaching. But, you know what, we did things right. And, you know, some of the parents didn't get it. Um, they thought those were awful years. Um, but, you know, I think as you grow up as an individual, you know, and I think you've kind of carried this torch um, to another degree, you know, in terms of your coaching career, that those are the things that are important. You know, you want to you um, coach kids that are, um, that are willing to learn, that are willing to become, you know, men and take responsibility for their actions and um, just become good citizens and enjoy the game. You know, there was a time back then where, you know, there was all these parents and coaches alike, you know, that were forcing um, wins on, on teams and trying to, you know, develop players thinking that they were going to be the next major league ball player. And then, you know, if you, I don't know if you remember back then, but there was a coach that when we were coaching, and I think it was the nine-year-old, Butch Duggar, and he used to be a former um, major league catcher, actually, for the um, San Diego Padres. He was not um, there that long, but he had a lot of experience, and he, you know, came up through the ranks. And, um, you know, him and I, you know, we hit it off right away because we had the same work ethic and we thought the same way in terms of it's more important to develop the the player as a person getting them to enjoy the game of baseball as it should be played, as opposed to we need to win, win, win. It's all about the wins. And um, if you don't win, nothing else matters, you know, and you, it's, it's just important in terms of, you know, how to lose as opposed to how to win. And, you know, that's really not what um, you're trying to do in my book is, you know, you're not trying to um, win at all costs, you know, and you're not trying to step on the, you know, the throat of a team just because they're down by eight runs and what's well, 10 run rule. It's more important to play the game, extend the game um, and let kids, you know, understand and learn the game the right way. Um, so, you know, we went through a lot of different experiences. It was all good. You know, you learn from everything that you do, whether it's positive or negative and you take those forward. And I think that's one of the things that I hope, you know, you, Erica and Grant, can learn just by demonstration between myself and mom, you know, how you deal with those things. Um, yeah. I mean, we, we certainly have, you guys have been phenomenal examples for, for all of us. Um, you know, you especially with what you've had to go through in, in you know, you in your professional career with, you know, having a, a long-term job then losing that and, you know, finding a temporary one, then losing that one and just being unemployed for a long time. And then, you know, taking jobs that you, you know, you don't like that are far away and, you know, just everything that you've had to endure uh, to just support the family has been, you know, exceptional. And it's, it's, you know, obviously, you know how much we appreciate it. You know, we're usually pretty good at, uh, at communicating our, uh, our appreciation. Maybe, maybe not Grant sometimes he's a little on the quieter side, but, you know, at the <laughs> <Yeah>. same time, <laughs> yeah. you know, we all appreciate that. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he he definitely does. So, yeah, of course. Um, let me let me take it back. I do want to I want to get to the coaching and things like that because you know growing up you were always my coach and and I you know always loved having you as my coach. But you know I just wanted to kind of just take it back a little bit back to the Mets and ninety six eighty nine. Obviously, you remember the eighty six championship. Do you remember? You know, obviously you were a younger kid at that time. Do you remember the 96 championship or excuse the me, the 69 championship? championship? 69, no, the 69 yeah. championship. Oh yeah. I definitely do. Absolutely. You know, I could almost tell you who was all the players on the field too. You know, Jerry Grody catching, um, Don Clendenin for his base. Um, 
Uh, number 12 is it playing second. Um, his name escapes me right now. Rafael Santana at short. Buddy there you Nelson, go. you know, was there too. Um, and we had a whole whole I know. third base in a, along the way. Yeah. Um, you know, with Joe Foy. Um, Joe Torrey was actually a, a player back then as well in those years. Um, and you had Cleon Jones, Tommy Agee, and uh, Rod Swoboda in right. And you had a whole host of, you know, bench players like Wayne Garrett um, that were instrumental in those wins, too. Um, and we had an unbelievable pitching staff that no one thought was going was gonna to gel. And you can kind of look at that as you look at, you know, our pitching staff today. If these guys were healthy, you know, that's the strength of the Mets. It always has been pitching. And even today, and when the pitching falters and people get injured, there's a lot of reasons for that, you know, and I think a lot of it has to do with the development um, and the younger days coaching, you know, where teams are pushing players to win at all costs. And, you know, those things come back to bite you down the road. And, you know, the successful players now that are, um, that are supposed to be franchise type players, you know, these guys were supposed to be lights out for us. Um, and now they're, you know, one by one, there's injuries, they're going down, they're on a disabled list for a long extended periods of time, and it's it hurts the team. It puts a lot of pressure on the offense and the defense, and, you know, everybody's gripping the bat a little tighter because they feel the pressure. When a guy like Cespedes goes out, it's tough. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's those are the strengths of the teams back then, and it's always been the Met philosophy, you know, and when the pitching fall, falters and they're injures, injures, injuries that you have to sustain, it's it makes it difficult for the team to win. Ken Boswell was the name you, you were Ken Boswell, about. number 12, that's right. Kenny Boswell. Yep, yep. yep. And, and you look at their starting lineup back then, there was nobody over the age of 26. You know, you had Jerry Grody, who was 26. You had Cleon Jones, 26. Tommy Agee were 26. Everybody else was under that, you know, so they had a nice young wow. nucleus. They won 100 games that year. Um, it, you know, it's kind of interesting and, you know, outstanding that last year was the first time since 99 and 2000, which was actually the first time that they'd made playoffs, the playoffs back to back with, you know, teams like this, the 86, you know, world series team. I can't believe that they, they never made it back to back playoffs, um, you know, until they got to 99 and 2000, it's kind of, kind of mind-boggling and, and with that 86 championship do you do you, how old were you when, when that when that happened and, and do you remember where you were when you were watching that game oh boy um in 86 in 86 or six oh yeah we were you know at our house in k lane um and i remember my dad coming over you know almost every night of the playoffs so we were watching those games together you know in our um in our living room there we were we were rooting like crazy um and it was – I just remember sharing that experience with my dad back there in 86. You know, he was always – he always came up. We watched every single game together. Um, it was fun. The three of us, me, him, and mom. Yeah. Yeah. You guys were together at our house uh, for game six as well? Okay, Lane. Very yeah. nice. Yeah. Yeah, that was, uh, that, was, uh, that was a good house. Do you, do you remember the first Met game um, that you took me to? Can you recall that game? Not obviously who played in it, but do you like remember kind of when the year was, when it happened? Boy, oh boy. I don't. It was probably when you were, I'm going to say, five or six years old. I know that we went to, you know, we used to go down to to visit great-grandma and pops, you know, down in Florida. And, you know, you came and we went to see um, the spring training Mets play a lot, you know, down there. Um, all of us. So, I mean, I remember those games like crazy. I just don't remember exactly what or how old you were when we went to our first professional game. That's a good question. I really don't remember yeah. that. Yeah, you know what? I, I, it's kind of surprising, but I don't. I don't really either. You know, was could it have been the game where we took Nick and you know we we went because I mean oh. I mean I remember we took a lot of pictures at that game. I know we had pretty good seats from. From oh boy, what was the company Behind you were with, Ty, Tyree? Yep. yep. On the first base side there. Yep. Yeah. That's at, right. At Shea Stadium. Uh, yep. No, well, I think that's probably right. That might have been it, Gregory. It might have been. Yeah, because that would have been nineteen. Um, 
wouldn't that have been? 96, 96, 97. Yeah, right in there. Something along those lines. Yep. All right, again, we're we're talking with my dad here, uh, a special Father's Day edition of The Word with G. Uh, Lucky enough to have him jumping on and uh, enjoying the show with me, kind of reminiscing going down memory lane a little bit. So speaking of memory lane, when and how did I start expressing interest in sports? Like, when did you kind of notice it? Was it, you know, getting up every single day and, and, you know, watching the ESPN highlights or, you know, like just hanging out with you in the bathroom in the morning before you, you know, while you're getting ready for work shaving and whatnot? Because I remember, you know, we always used to do that. That's, you know, something, you know, kind of special that we shared together and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was the, um, you know, watching Sports Center, you know, early in the morning. You'd get up early with me, you know, we would sit there for a half hour and have our cereal and uh, watch the highlights and talk about sports. And um, and I think it was, you know, I think WFAN played a big part in that too, you know. Yeah. Do you remember when I started kind of comprehending and you realized that, wow, he really has an interest in, in this? You know, I think back early then, you know, you were interested in basically all sports. You wanted to play everything. You whether you know, you played soccer, you played basketball, you wanted to play football, um, which we didn't let you which I'm glad yeah, about that. Never. Um and baseball. Um and you did, you know, all the travel teams as well. Um yeah, I think, you know, when you were five years old, I mean you were you just um there was something different about you and the other kids. You you know especially when we played T-ball back then. I was a T-ball coach. And, you know, when, you know, kids around the outfield just kind of picking grass and, you know, just not had no idea what was going on, you know, you were into the game. And you were one of the few that really, um, not that you understood it all that well, but you really had a serious interest in what was kind of going on. Um, and you cared about trying to make outs and making the right play. Um, where most other kids they could care less. They were out there because their parents actually brought them out there, and that was the only reason they were there. Um, so, I, you know, I probably think when you were five or six years old is really when you started to, um, early on, you know, I thought, you know, you, you're getting it, and you really understand it, and I thought baseball would be your sport. Yeah, even though, you know, do you remember the basketball game we used to play? Because when we were growing, when, we were, when I was growing up on K-Lane, they had that basketball game that we would always play in the driveway. Do you remember what it was? When that was? No, do you remember what the game was? Do you remember what the rules were and how we used to play it? Hmm. I honestly don't. It was, I think it was, you know, I, I think what it was was, you know, we I didn't we didn't have a basketball hoop in, in our at our old house. So I think what we used to do was we'd have the basketball and we would try to, you know, I think dribble around the cracks and then, you know, dribble around each other. You know, you would, you know, stand at one spot. I had to get around you or vice versa, uh, yeah. things like that. And there was a lot of cracks in that so that, <laughs> Yeah, There were, there were a lot of cracks in that driveway, so it made it, made it a little difficult. But, you know, you'd mentioned coaching and, you know, me being kind of one of the few growing up of, you know, really not, not that I, you know, understood it, but, you know, wanted to try to understand it and wanted to try, try to go out there and, and make outs. And, you know, I remember, you know, there was always a ton of kids out there. We were just picking dandelions in the outfield, not really paying attention, goofing around with friends, like you said, just having their parents throw them out there just to get them out of the house and do an activity. Uh, why, why yep. did you want to, why did you want to coach me, you know, when I was younger? Why did you want to start doing that? Was that something that you had a desire to do or is that something that, I expressed interest in you doing, and you're like, okay, yeah, I, I'll do that. No, I wanted to do it from day one. Uh, you know, I, you know, when you were really young, why? I played softball. And why did I want to do it? Because I think, you know, I, yeah. I understood the game, and I, you know, I really wanted to mold and try to shape um, players into the right type of person as well. Um, and I, I think there's a lot of coaches out there that, you know, have their own self-interest, kids' self-interest, and they're in it only to coach. The only reason they're there is to coach their kids and to get them on the travel team. That's their only agenda. And we saw that 
tenfold, you know, every step of the way, probably when yeah, we started when you were about eight or nine. And it was, it was, you know, it's, it was discouraging, you know, and I think, um, and actually hurt the kids because, you know, it turns, it turns kids away from sports, you know, when the parents want it more than the kids do, um, they want them to be successful, successful and then live their lives through the experiences of their other children, you know, and I, I just wanted to coach it for all the right reasons. And, um, you know, it was, I think the parents appreciate it for the most part. They really did. Um, we've always stressed, um, camaraderie and picking each other up and just being good citizens. You know, this world right now is where there's so, so much divisiveness that's going on in the United States and around the world that, you know, we just need good people. And I think that's, you know, and talking about father's day or mother's day or anything else like that, I think, it all starts with the parents. You know, you have to set the right example for your kid. And if you do that and you have you know, coaches along the way that follow that, that, you know, the, the kids are going to, you know, they're going to get it. They're going to, you know, be good stewards of the game, you know, and translate that down to their kids, you know, because I think there's a lot of times there's, you know, baseball is not, you want the sport to continue and be as popular as it is. And when, parents start forcing their kids into these um, sports that they really don't want to be there only because, you know, their parents want them to be there um, and, and win, win, win. And, you know, they get trophies all along the way. And that's what, that's the most gratifying part of it. They're in it for the wrong reasons. And I really wanted to be in it for the right reasons. And that's really why I, why I wanted to coach. What, what were the challenges? Because you mentioned, you know, starting with like nine years old, that, that there were those parents that would just coach that just to get their kids on the travel team. And I remember I didn't make that travel team, um, you know, because there were so many of those type of parents that were coaching and, you know, were able to get those kids on the team. And, and, and I'm, I don't know this for certain, but I'm sure you were one of those coaches, uh, parent coaches that was like, you know, I'm not going to push uh, for him to be there. If he deserves it, he'll be there. If not, then, if not, he's got to get better and he's got to, he's got to work harder. But what were some of the challenges like, you know, in terms of that, because obviously I don't know any of the backstory there because I was nine years old and didn't really understand what was going on at that point. And, um, you know, yep. just dealing with, you know, other parents who, you know, maybe were a little upset that I was playing shortstop and pitching a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, some of the backstory there was, you know, and it's unfortunate because um, you don't want it to ever go this way, but, you know, I've always, you know, one of the rules that we had to follow that if you were on vacation, you know, you had a committed vacation in the summertime, you know, you couldn't do this travel team. And so that's one of the re the factors that, you know, took you out of that because we had plans to be away, you know, and then you find out, and I was assistant coach on that team, you know, helping out. And then, you know, you see yeah, all of a sudden that, other other kids are just they're they're missing they're not going not going they're not there because you know their parents hid that stuff back and they kind of you know worked it out on the side with the coaches who they were connected to and it was okay you know but we'd rather have you know Johnny on the team because you know he's a good player and you know don't worry about being off for you know a couple of weeks you know we'll we'll work on that it's not a big deal but to me, that's not right. You know, if you're going to commit to it, you got to commit to it. And we were going to be away for it, like, I think 10 days or something that, that particular year. And I'm like, you know what? We can't commit to it. I'll, I'll help out and I'll assist, and that's great. But, you know, it was disappointing. So there's a lot of politics in sports and coaching and stuff like this. And it was um, – it's too bad because it sends the wrong message to the kids. You know, that's not what you want to do. And the, and the parents are doing it, again – for their own best interests and not for the benefit of the team and follow the rules as you should be. So, you know, we've always preached, you know, my mom and myself, you know, it's better to follow the rules and do things correctly um, along the way, you know, in the end you'll be rewarded for it. So, and I think a lot of that stuff, you know, translate, you know, as you know, I had the great opportunity to, you know, assistant coach with you on some of your you know, baseball travel teams too, which was an enormous amount of fun for me. Um, and I could see that, you know, you, you handle it the, the right way. You, you deal with the kids the correct way. You deal with the parents the right way. And, you know, there's challenges with that. Not everybody's going to agree with you. But, you know, if, if they understand from the beginning what, what the team is about, you know, you have a better chance of, you know, getting them to buy in. And I think you've done a great job with that. And it was, that was fun. A couple of years when we were coaching together, everyone took a while. 
Yeah, when we got to do it, uh, you know, again, we're talking with my dad here on the Morpa G. Uh, yeah, that was fun. That was that was probably, you know, one of the kind of coolest moments, I think, that, that we've kind of shared together is, is being on the field coaching together. We never actually got on the field playing together, whether it be baseball or softball. But, um, you know, definitely definitely coaching was uh, was kind of cool because you were the one that I learned from, you know, learning all the fundamentals, how to play the game the right way, all the things that you had just mentioned and talked about. So it, it was kind of cool that I got to show you that, hey, you know, those things that, you know, those values that you've instilled in me, you know, I'm trying to instill them in other people as well. So it's not just, you know, if you're a parent, you know, you're not only affecting, your actions not only affect your own kids, but they also can affect other kids and other people as well. It's like a, it's like a domino effect. And, you know, sure. the better person that you can be brought up as, you know, it, it'll positively affect other people and their kids as well. And I know, you know, that's what I kind of felt that, that you guys did for me. And now I'm getting an opportunity or I have the past five to 10 years to, to kind of do that with the different kids that I've worked with, whether it would just be various camps and clinics or, you know, with teams that I've coached and, you know, I think people really appreciate that. And, and yeah, it was definitely, definitely a cool experience to be out there just talking strategy and, you know, coaching third, you were coaching first and, and just kind yeah. of, uh, just kind of out there and just having fun and, and just, you know, uh, coaching together was, uh, was, which was a great experience. And, you know, from time to time. And then I tell everybody, you know, and if, if people ask me, Oh, what, what do you prefer? What's your, what, you know, what's your name? And, uh, you know, well, Greg, Gregory, I'm like, well, you know, friends, everybody, whomever, you know, just general public, you know, a lot of people know me as Greg, but you know, family, you can't call me, you got to call me Gregory. The only other thing that they'll accept is G-Man. So do you remember how that nickname came about and, and, and how it stuck for so long? Oh, boy. And that's something I came up with uh, for you. Um, boy, and it was, I'm going to say it was probably when you're eight or nine years old before, just around those travel teams. And, um, you know, instead of just saying, you know, calling you out Gregory, you know, I just said, you know, just something – and you come up with something a little different, you know, and came up with G-Man. Um, and what was Greg Rodden's nickname, too? And he had something similar. What did he, what did he call him? Um, I, we used to call him G-Rod, like G-Rod. Greg right. Rod and G-Rod. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. that was uh, another Greg that, that I grew up playing baseball with, basketball with, all, all different kinds of sports. So we oh, kind of had to differentiate ourselves because a lot of times – you know, if you just said Greg or Gregory, you know, we both turn around and, you know, that you can't have that. So, yeah, it was kind of a That's sports exactly thing. Right. And, and, you know, yeah, when, when you would come up with it, um, I remember, you know, you calling me and, and I was so excited, you know, that I had a nickname and that you came up with it and, you know, that, you know, that, that I wanted to kind of share it with everybody. And it was such a cool feeling that, hey, my dad gave me a nickname and, you know, and then everybody – you know, on, on our sports teams, you know, basketball, baseball, soccer, they started calling me it as well. And it just kind of has, has taken form over the years. And, um, you know, it's been cool. So I, I do appreciate that. Absolutely. And now it's the name of your show, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of, you know, it, Greg, yeah. uh, it, it, you know, G is a, is another short form of G man, I guess we could say. Um, but yeah. you know, when I was growing up, when I was growing up, was there anything else that I really wanted to do that you kind of remember, you know, from what, what I remember, it's, I've always been interested in, in sports and wanting to, you know, do sports professionally, whether it be playing. And, you know, the first thing that I can kind of remember is, you know, me wanting to be in sports business or sports marketing or sports management or something like that. But th is there anything other than sports that you kind of realized that, or you thought that maybe I would be in, interested in or involved with? No, I mean, I always thought that, you know, you were a good student of the game, and I thought, you know, that you would be someday a good coach. And, you know, we had talked about this actually when you're going through college too, is, you know, potentially being, you know, a teacher, educator, because uh, you're always good with um, with kind of getting the message across in the right way. You had a good demeanor about yourself. Um, but, yeah, I do remember those early years where you were contemplating what did you want to do, and it was going to be sp something sports-related. And, 
you were thinking sports marketing, and we actually talked to a couple people about that too and what direction we had. I actually worked for someone um, at um, Mankind who his son was actually um, in sports marketing, uh, and we had a conversation with him and what direction to head. And, you know, uh, that didn't seem like it was the right fit for you, although, you know, sales and marketing are very outgoing, and you probably would have been successful there too. Um, Well, see, that's the thing. When I was growing up, when I was growing up, I wasn't very outgoing. I was, I was a shy kid. I was fat when I was younger, you know, I had those, I, yes, I had that baby you fat, you know, going on and I was not, I was yeah. not a very outgoing person. I don't think that kind of came about until I was much older. Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. But you're always a good communicator. I mean, I think, you know, as far as that stuff goes, so I, well, you, and maybe you know what, you I was, I was a good communicator on the, on the field, you know, that field. I used to be a shy, shy kid, um, you know, growing up and, and it took me a while to get out, out of my own shell and kind of find my way in the world, I guess you could say, or socially, um, you know, but you know, all the, a lot of kids have, you know, their awkwardness and, and, you know, their, their baby fat years. And then, you know, I remember just shooting up in sixth grade and I went from, you know, fat and acorns in my cheeks as Jake Berg would like to say to awkwardly skinny, you know, just very tall and right. awkwardly skinny. And, but it didn't matter, you know, if I was fat, if I was skinny, you know, how old I was, whenever I stepped on the baseball field or on the basketball court, you know, I was always one of the most talkative people out there, whether it's you know, just communicating how many outs there were, you know, shouting out, you know, things on defense, picking up this guy, a screen here, a screen there, you know, just different things like that. So in that sense, I feel like I was, I was more outgoing and, uh, but in the real world, yeah. I really wasn't, I really wasn't until, you know, I, I got older. Yeah, and I think it just, that just breeds confidence, you know, because, um, you know, you probably felt a little bit like you were a second-tier player to a lot of the players that were, you know, earmarked by their parents for, you know, those elite travel teams or whatever, whether it was, you know, the basketball or was baseball, you're always just the next cut down from that, you know, because of the politics of the sport. So I think, you know, once you became successful, that breeds confidence. And um, then you started coming out of your shell. And you're right. So you were you were always talking to the field. You'd go up and you would, you know, call it. I remember you playing first base a number of years. You would, in your younger days, you would go out to the pitcher, talk to him, call the catcher out because the catcher wasn't coming to the, to the pitcher's mound. And you guys would talk even before I would even come out there, you know, if I was going to have a conversation with. So you kind of um, – you set the tone with the team as far as that, you know, and I, honestly, I, I've always thought that, you know, uh, when I thought, when I think back about those days, you know, I, I think, and I kind of equate you to the Keith Hernandez and younger Keith Hernandez on the field when you were maybe, you know, eight or nine years old, because you were ahead of your time as far as that stuff goes, you were always, always talking and you always brought people together and, you know, try to pick people up and don't worry about that error. You know, it doesn't matter. You know, let's just get the next one and just think about what we're going to do with it. So you were always always like a coach on a field for me, which was great. Oh, that's weird because, you know, your favorite player happens to be Keith Hernandez. So, you know, I kind of – I learned from the best, the guy who, who loves Keith Hernandez and, you know, grew up. But I didn't grow up playing first base. I grew up playing, like I said, shortstop. I pitched. You know, that's – I never yep. played the outfield. Don't stick me in the outfield. It was It was either shortstop or pitcher, and I really don't think I played first base until – you know, I got to the 12-year-old travel team, the first actual travel team that I made, um, where I believe it was Mr. Lapple and Mr. Modulewski and Ms. I don't know if Mr. Urso was there, but, you know, they were coaching that team. And, you know, yep. I didn't play shortstop because I was not one of the, you know, smaller kids, and that's not really a position that, you know, they were comfortable putting me in. So, you know, I played third base. I played some first base as well. And it took me a little while to get into it, but you know, had the, you know, you obviously were, were a great teacher because you were a student of the game. You liked to study how Keith played first base, and you kind of relayed that to me. And I remember you always saying to me, you know, growing up, if there's a problem, you know, with the pitcher, you think, you know, he just needs to kind of calm himself down or something along those lines, then, you know, go out and talk to him. Don't wait for the catcher. Don't wait for me to go out and talk to him. You go out and talk to him because, you know, other than the catcher, you should be the general of the field because, you know, you're involved right. in more plays than anybody else. Yeah, that's exactly right. So thinking back on, on all the things, and again, we're talking with my dad here, Ray Leonard, on the word with G. 
out of all the things, you know, that we've endured together sports-wise, you know, what do you have, can you think back on, you know, whether it was when I was really young or, you know, maybe a little bit older, you know, what was your, what was the favorite sports moment of mine that you can recall? I know the, you know, us coaching together was a great one. Is there one that you can remember that was kind of cool that, that kind of sticks out for you that when I was playing and maybe you were coaching or you were just at least watching? Um, well, there's a lot of memories as far as that stuff goes, you know, but when you say that to me you know, right now, the first thing that comes to my mind is, you know, we went to the last game at Shea Stadium. You know, that was a very yeah. emotional moment um, for myself, you know, as a young, young person growing up to the Mets and all I ever knew was Shea Stadium and, that's all you ever knew was Shea Stadium, and you were such a big Mets fan as well. So it was, um, it was very sad. It was an emotional day. It was, um, it was, it was difficult, you know. But that was something that you know I enjoyed sharing with you because it was, um, it was very special. It was um, something that you know it was, uh, it meant a lot to us. You know, it was, we took it to heart. You know, we we bleed the orange and blue. You know, it's it's it was tough to see. Shea Stadium go by in that last game, knowing that that we would never walk into that stadium again, was uh, was difficult. Never walk out of that really stadium was. again. Yeah, exactly. That would be the last time. You know, it was tough. Um, I was I was very um, I was not happy. It was very emotional. You know, as much as you're looking forward to the new built ballpark and stuff, but for all its um, uh, the negative parts of Shea Stadium um, when it was built in 1962 or 64, I think it was. 64, I think it was built. Um, yeah, because they started in the polo that, ground. Right, exactly. So you know, it was it was tough to say goodbye to that stadium, and you know, I was I was glad to share that last game with you. Yeah, that was that was cool. I remember that. You know, I was a freshman in college, and I met this kid in my I believe it was economics class who was a Met fan also, and he just happened to have I think extra tickets, and and they you know weren't as good as the ones where he was sitting in. Or maybe he couldn't go or something along those lines. But, you know, he offered them to me. And, you know, I, I was like, you know what, I'm going to take the trip. I'm going to come home. And I don't think there was uh, I don't think there was any Met fan who was happy after walking out of that stadium after, you know, we had collapsed for a second straight year. It was official. The, the Brewers had won that game and uh, their game in Milwaukee, you know, because basically because of CC Sabathia. And, and we just fell a couple feet short with Ryan Church hitting one literally right to the wall, right almost where we wall. were sitting yep. towards uh, – towards right field uh there right and field, yeah. it was uh yeah it was uh it was tough it was a tough game for sure and got shown West gave up the big home run in that game unfortunately and that oh, uh, was just right we couldn't come back i couldn't come back and uh they closed down chase stadium unfortunately on a, a very sad sad note and you know that I, I thought you were going to go with maybe my first home run ever at glander glander field the glander one i thought that might have yeah. been one um you know, but uh, yeah, that was definitely that was definitely one of the uh, one of the better moments that uh, that we got to share. Unfortunately, it wasn't a happy ending, but it was uh, it was a, it was a cool thing. And you know, we have that picture to commemorate it. Uh, you know, of, right. of the of the last pitch in uh, in our house in Connecticut in the bar area. So that yep. uh, that's definitely something that we're going to hold on to for forever because that's you know that we were there and we never taken a magnifying glass and actually found ourselves. But I'm I'm sure we'll we'll do that at some point. We will. So now, you know, we, we kind of danced around the, uh, the career wise and things like that. And you thought initially I might get into sports management, sports marketing, sports business, but one of the biggest things, and you mentioned this a couple of times in, in earlier in the conversation about, you know, WFAN and sports talk radio and things like that. And, um, you know, the Mets were always, that was their station, um, you know, WFAN, that's where they played all the games. Most of the hosts on there were, were Met fans. And, um, you know, that was a big part of, of, my childhood and growing up and things like that with Mike and the Mad Dog, Steve Summers after games, or, you know, I remember falling asleep to listening to the smoother, you know, it was, uh, Absolutely. it was, uh, it was, yeah, it was, it was a great thing that you got me into it. And, and, you know, a lot of kids, it's kind of got to be a rare thing, you know, to, to have a kid who's, who's adamantly into sports talk radio and, and, you know, especially in this day and age, you know, or that day and age where there were CD players and, cassette players and things like that. And everybody was big into their music and it's portable now, but I, I just want to give me a transistor radio and, and let me fall asleep to, uh, to Steve Summers. But, you know, do you remember the specific moment when I told you, or I was like, Hey, you know, this is kind of what I wanted to do. And if you do remember it, what was your thoughts when, when I said it to you? 
I don't remember when you said that, um, honestly. Um, well, you were always sure big into telling actually... me, you know, to to think about, you know, what I wanted to do with my career. And I remember always, you know, thinking it had to be in high school. I think it was probably when I was a sophomore or maybe a junior because it had to have been a sophomore because I wasn't driving yet. Because I remember, I remember the moment. I it was like my aha moment where. I remember us just, you know, in the car listening to the game or talking or something like that and, and discussing the games, the Mets, the Knicks, whatever. And I remember it kind of clicking for me like, oh, my gosh, you know, I could I could see myself doing this, talking sports on the radio. Sure. Yep, yep. Yeah, it was because um, you listen to it, you know, you listen to it like I listened to it as a kid, you know. You listen to the transition radio at, you know, 12 or 1 o'clock in the morning until the game was over, especially if they're on the West Coast. And I would go to sleep until I listened to the whole thing. You know, it was one of those things. And I think you really felt like you connected with WFAN that, you know, you could – this this is really where you saw yourself down, you know, down the road. Um, and it's, you know, it's been a tough, tough road. Um, but you've you've had tremendous accomplishments and you've had some setbacks. But you've never um, turned those setbacks into obstacles. You always, you know, view them as challenges and to push through them. And, you know, I know you've had conversations with Steve Summers, you know, with Eddie Coleman, things like that. A lot of kids would have given up and, you know, said, you know what, I, I've had too many setbacks. So I'm not going to push through. But the people who are successful in that business have the drive and ambition that you do to say, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to make this work for myself, you know, because there's so many other people who are talented that, you know, they get knocked down a couple of times and they said, okay, you know, I'm going to go to a different career. I'm going to pursue something else. I'm getting out of this. But the people who are there today are the people who went through exactly the same thing that you're going through right now and endured those setbacks um, and used it as, you know, opportunities to move forward. And, yeah, I think, you know, I think you always felt, you know, whether it was, you know, watching um, sports centers, you know, the, the guys doing the, the TV um, feeds and things like that or um, the highlights or whether it was, you know, the guys on the radio doing WFAN for the sports updates or the talk shows that you always said, you know what, you were so knowledgeable that you could definitely see yourself doing it. So, yeah, I, I think you're probably right. That's probably what it was in your sophomore year in high school. Well, what did you what did you think when I when I came up with that idea? Do you, did you initially think like, oh boy, I don't I don't know if that's a good idea, or you know, were you just like, all right, you know, if that's what you want to do, you know, then you know, I believe in you, you can do it, you know, or were you initially like, you know, maybe he should be a teacher, you know, maybe he should get into sports management, sports marketing, sports business, something along those lines. Yeah, I you know honestly, in my heart of hearts, I probably thought that it probably was going to be a tough road for you and, you know, and maybe you should try something else that was a little bit more, uh, less, more, less risky you know, in terms of a career to get yourself established quicker. Um, but then I kind of, kind of realized that, you know, I wish I had the courage to do what you did when you were growing up to, to take that chance. You know, I, I was a musician when I was younger. I've told you this story too, that, you know, I think I, I could have been successful at it, but you know, it was, I was, I was really, really good, but I was not near the caliber that I needed to be. Um, and I took the easy road out, you know, I, you know, and I just said, you know, I'm going to try to find a stable career and I chose accounting, you know, I was good with numbers. Um, but you know, you are sticking with it and, you know, I, I give you a tremendous amount of credit because it takes a lot of guts to do that. Um, and, you know, you're going to be successful. I mean, I know you are. Um, and it's it's tough to, to to weather the storm as far as a lot of that stuff goes. But um, it makes you stronger in the end. You know, and I've, I've done that in my career as well. You know, it's um, every obstacle or setback you have, you have is a learning opportunity and you learn from it and you, you meet new people and you network and that's kind of uh, the approach you've taken. So, you know, I think for those reasons, I think you're going to be, you know, you're going to be great. You're going to make it on radio or TV or some combination of both of those things and do what you enjoy hmm. doing. And that's one thing you have to be is passionate, you know, and, and love what you're doing. And you are very passionate and that's, you know, something that's going to breed success in you. Passion, passion or purposefulness. You know, the, the one of the books I was reading uh, recently, the ego is the enemy. They say, you know, it's not, it was kind of interesting, you know, and I, and I wanted to show it to you and I'll bring it down to you when I see you, but 
you know, it was kind of interesting because they said, you know, uh, having a passion isn't, isn't great. You, you know, you should feel like you have a purpose and, you know, I've kind of started looking at the word passion a little bit differently and it, it, you know, kind of almost as a purpose that, you know, this is really what I want to do. And, and this is kind of what I almost like, this is what I was put on this earth for, you know, to, to kind of talk sports and relay, you know, my opinions and, and things like that. And, and, you know, whether it be to, to coach as well, to, to kind of, help kids and, and kind of shape them and mold them into, you know, better human beings and, and better ball players and things like that. And, you know, that all started with you. So I really appreciate that. You kind of laid the groundwork. Well, thank you. So, you know, just before we finish up here, we've got about four minutes and change. Um, and, and, and this went a little bit longer than I think you anticipated, huh? I remember you saying it only yeah. like a half an hour. But, you know, that's oh, kind of how these – that's how these shows go. And especially conversations with, with us, like we were on the phone the other day while you were at work and you know, I probably shouldn't be saying this too loud, but uh, we were on the phone <laughs> for 36 minutes. Yeah. It was during you know? lunch. Time. So it's like, just to clarify. Yeah. It was during lunch hour. Um, but you know, still it's like, it's like, Oh my goodness that, you know, it's just like, Oh my good. How, how did all this time go by? And, and you know, that's how I feel yeah. like whenever we talk or, you know, as you know, whenever I'm on the air and you kind of get on a roll and you're talking about sports and life and things like that, it's just like, wow, we've been talking for almost an hour. Like, are you kidding? Right. It's crazy. So, you know, just quickly before you uh, before you depart and have, before I wrap up, uh, you know, some of the you know my favorite moments with uh, that that we've shared together. Obviously, the the Shea Stadium one was a big one. I, I didn't even think of that when I was writing some things down and. Um, you know, obviously, you know, you coaching me was always awesome. And, you know, whenever we were driving in the car, listening to Sports Talk Radio, just always have an FAN up and I've got an FAN pen right in front of me, you know, that, you know, and, and it's that cool that, you know, I did an internship there and got an opportunity to work there and, you know, kind of am around all those guys again. So that, that's been a cool opportunity that you've kind of, like, again, laid the groundwork for. Coaching together was all also, you know, obviously a, a big one, and which was a really cool moment yeah. because, like I said, you grew up coaching me, and uh, you know, to share that with you was was awesome. And I also one of my favorite things, and I know Mom always loved this. Um, you know, whenever we were driving and we'd leave our house, we'd take a ride out of our of our our, our house. You know, we'd uh, we'd go over the train tracks, and you would happen to just push the you know push the gas pedal a little bit. And uh, it almost feel like you know we were on a roller coaster ride and get some air off of that uh, that overpass a little bit. You know that was exactly. that was always one of my uh, favorite <laughs> moments driving with you in the uh, what was it the Aurora? The Aurora, that's right. Yeah, that was one of your. I think that was one of your favorite cars. Yeah, it was the Blue Jet. Yep. The I Blue Jet. That's right. Also, going to your softball games is awesome. I think that was kind of. Uh, that was one of the groundworks too of me really wanting to get into playing first base because I saw you played and how good you were on the, on the softball diamond, you know, turning double plays, like uh, just, just being a leader out there playing first, you weren't the strongest hitter and, and neither was I. So at least that runs in our, in our veins, but we were always good defensive players and you, you taught me how to play defense basically. And then whenever anybody tried to teach me any differently, I let it go in one ear, one out the other. You know, I wish I'd done that a little bit more hitting wise. Uh, but, you know, going to the games, hanging out with Uncle Pat and Ego and Craig and, and all those guys. Yep. And I can't believe you let me sit on the bench with all the cussing that was going on between, not not from you, basically, but a lot of the other guys. Right. Was, uh, That's was, true. Was always, it was always fun and interesting. And, and the three-tooth guy walking around the softball fields out there in Danbury, Connecticut. Exactly. Yep. Picking up the, bottom, the beer probably, bottle caps, you know. Yep. That's probably one of the things that, you know, that that I'm a little disappointed about that we didn't get to play together and maybe we will one of these days. So. Yeah. That would be fun. You know, maybe when, uh, when I come down to North Carolina, maybe that's something you should get involved with play, you know, get into a softball league and then we can, uh, we can, we can play when I come down there at some point, that would, uh, that would be fun. Yeah. That'd be cool. Absolutely. Well, well, we got about 50 seconds left, Dad. I just wanted to say thank you very much uh, for, for everything that you've done for, for me personally, for, for, my, for, for our family, and for always believing in me, whether it be, you know, for the radio stuff, 
you know, with my career when you thought maybe that wasn't the smartest career path, you know, in sports, uh, kind of instilling that in me and just uh, you and mom just, you know, raising Grant, Erica, and I the right way. And so happy Father's Day, and I love you. I appreciate it. I love you too, pal. Thank you very much. That means a lot. And thank you for having me on today. It was really a special day. Of course, of course. You know, since we all couldn't be there, you know, at least – had to get everybody kind of in the same spot here on the on the radio, and I'm glad you uh, agreed to come on. I wasn't sure that you were going to. So enjoy, oh, everybody. Enjoy the, enjoy the week. This is The Word with G. I'll see you next time.